Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. We are all familiar with World Youth Day. Every few years, the Pope invites all the Catholic young people around the world to join him on an international pilgrimage. By now, so many years since its inception, World Youth Day has become part of the furniture of the Catholic Church. But it wasn't always that way. World Youth Day didn't always exist. It came into being only with the support and the vision of St. John Paul II. He started it in 1985, the same year dubbed by the United Nations as the Year of Young People. Since then, World Youth Days have taken place on every continent and attracted world record-setting crowds. Countless young men and women have experienced the love of Christ and the dynamism of the Church in life-changing ways through participating in these events. They have inspired generations of young people to make Christ the center of their lives, many of them through dedicating their entire lives to His service in the priesthood and other forms of consecrated life. A Mysterious Connection In these encounters, St. John Paul II consistently showed an uncanny ability to connect with the young people of the world, to create a palpable and inspiring rapport with them. It was deeper than the kind of excitement usually stirred up by high-profile celebrities. This was especially evident at the last World Youth Day St. John Paul II attended, in Toronto, Canada, in 2002. Physically, The Holy Father was weaker than ever, barely able to walk, and finding it difficult even to speak. And yet, in spite of his age and infirmity, his words and his presence continued to make an impact, bringing together hundreds of thousands of young people for the open-air Mass on the final day of the celebration, in spite of a drenching rainstorm. When you read the many speeches, homilies, and letters that John Paul II directed towards young people, it's easy to discover the secret behind his ability to inspire them. He didn't look down on them. He wasn't patronizing. He didn't try to manipulate them and use them to feed his own vanity. Instead, he believed in them. And because he believed in them, He challenged them to live lives worthy of their dignity as children of God. In stark contrast to all the modern ideologies that see human beings either as meaningless products of evolution or cogs in an economic machine or mere objects and consumers of passing pleasure, St. John Paul II invited young people to discover that their life was a gift from God a unique result of God's creative love and wisdom, and he encouraged them to accept that gift joyfully and responsibly by courageously turning it into a gift of love to others. The Meaning of Life This is the true meaning of our lives. We are created in God's image, and God is love. God is eternal gift. 
God has revealed to us that he is a trinity of persons, an eternal intersection of relationships between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, relationships of self-giving. By creating every human being in his image, he has given every single one of us a vocation, a calling. That's what the word vocation literally means, to put all our natural gifts and talents at the service of loving others, of becoming a gift to others. Only through the lifelong adventure of discovering and following that call, with all the joys and sufferings that it entails, will we come to experience the meaning we all yearn for, the only source of lasting happiness. This vision of life as a gift received and a gift meant to be given underlies all of St. John Paul II's teaching. His moral doctrine, his social doctrine, his spiritual doctrine, and most especially, his groundbreaking theology of the body all develop this same theme. The human person, even in the physical reality of our bodies, created male and female, is called to worthily receive the gift of another and to make of ourselves a gift in response. He never tired of explaining this, of pointing out that the logic of love, as Christ himself revealed through his own passion, death, and resurrection, involves overcoming the temptation to use other people as objects by entering into the mysterious and wonderful dynamism of mutual self-giving. The Logic of Authentic Love The mere fact that we are capable of living according to the logic of love, of authentic self-giving, reveals our true dignity as human beings. We have in the core of our being an amazing power to freely choose to become what we are created to be. We can freely participate in the unfolding of our own identity. Every single one of us, regardless of natural talents and socioeconomic opportunities, has within us the makings of a saint. John Paul II believed this with all his heart, and that's why, when he spoke of it, he was able to inspire courage, responsibility, maturity, and authentic love. Some of us have already discovered and entered into the arena of life where we are called to live out the logic of the gift. If you are married, your primary arena is your relationship with your spouse, and, if God has so blessed you, with your children. If you are a priest or a consecrated person, your primary arena of self-giving is to be found in serving the community where God, in His providence, has placed you. Some of us, however, are still searching for that arena, still discerning where God is calling us, still looking for our vocation. In the rest of this conference, we will focus on what we can all do not only to live our own vocations to the full, but also to help the young people around us find and follow their vocations. As John Paul II wrote to the young people of the world while preparing the first World Youth Day, in you there is hope, for you belong to the future, just as the future belongs to you. We are all responsible for helping that hope reach its fulfillment. Young people themselves, by engaging intentionally and responsibly in the great adventure of youth, 
the adventure of discovering God's call in their lives, and the rest of us too, by accompanying them in that adventure. Prayer. The first and most essential element in that adventure is prayer. It is entering into an ongoing, real, and intimate conversation with Jesus Christ. As Pope Benedict XVI, one of St. John Paul II's closest friends and collaborators, put it when speaking to the young people of New York City in 2007, What matters most is that you develop your personal relationship with God. That relationship is expressed in prayer. He reiterated this again a few years later when he said, Only if we are able to turn to God, to pray to Him, do we discover the deepest meaning of our life. And the daily routine is illumined by the light of the Risen One. Jesus asked all of us to pray for vocations, for men and women who will hear and heed God's call to spread the gospel. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. But he also pointed out the importance of an ongoing life of prayer, of intimate conversation with God for each one of us. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. A growing life of prayer is one essential way that we can stay united to the only vine that gives true life. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. We can ask ourselves, what am I doing to help foster a culture of authentic Christian prayer in my own life, in my family's life? in the lives of those around me. We can only learn the logic of Christian love if our hearts are in contact with the source of that love, Christ himself. And prayer is what makes the connection. Accompaniment. Second, we have to talk to each other about the real meaning of our lives. We have to create spaces in which it is safe to express the deep sentiments of our hearts, the doubts and the discoveries, the hopes and the desires. We need to accompany each other and not be afraid to speak about our experience of following God. Those who have followed a call to the consecrated life and those who have followed a call to the married vocation need to speak to the younger generations about how they discovered their path, about how God has been present to them. And young people who are seeking the authentic path for their lives need to reach out and share the ups and downs of their journey, overcoming those fears that may lead them to try and go it alone. This is all the more important, considering the direction that our globalized culture is taking, a direction more and more opposed to the message of Christ and the authentic path to human flourishing, which makes it harder and harder to be faithful to God's call in our lives. We can ask ourselves, what am I doing 
to create safe spaces in this unsafe culture where members of the family of God can share each other's burdens, as St. Paul put it, and encourage each other in the great battle and adventure of Christian living, spaces where we can remind each other of our true identity in Christ and challenge each other to enter boldly into the logic of authentic love. Taking the next step. Third, we each have to continue taking the next step. God doesn't generally reveal the whole path all at once. Instead, he shows us one step at a time. When we are growing in prayer and building faith-enhancing relationships, it is not so hard to identify the next step that God is asking us to take in our lives, whether it's a step to discover our calling or a step to continue living it out. But no one can do this for us. Each one of us has to constantly ask the question that St. Paul asked on the road to Damascus. What do you want me to do, Lord? And then have the courage to do it. Blessed John Henry Newman expressed this sentiment beautifully in the first verse of his famous prayer, Lead, Kindly Light. He wrote, Lead, Kindly Light, amidst the encircling gloom. Lead thou me on. The night is dark, and I am far from home. Lead thou me on. Keep thou my feet. I do not ask to see the distant scene. One step enough for me. Our life is a gift that we receive from God, and a call to discover how to give it to others. That is the source of meaning and happiness, as Christ has revealed it, Wherever we find ourselves on that path, prayer, accompaniment, and obedience to God's loving will are the sure way to move forward. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.